0: now have primary control of critical vehicle
1: functions. Welcome to the IBM Keep It Simple Technology podcast, where each episode we discuss technology but in a simple way. We keep the explanations simple, but what we spend our time on is emphasizing what this technology means to you and how you can best utilize this technology for you and your
0: business. IBM Keep It Simple Technology Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Senglero. Another episode, another exciting guest. And this one is extremely special. You know, every, t- every episode I do, and most of the time we cover technology, we cover leadership. And today I found an ultimate person, um, especially in the area of leadership and more in how to be an amazing leader. This is a must listen to podcast for everyone ladies and gentlemen i want to introduce you to my new friend who i've gotten to know now in the last 45 minutes prior to recording uh she is flick march she's the ibm security and resiliency director flick are you there
1: i am indeed thomas good morning how are you
0: good morning i am doing great because you have put me in a fired up mood (laughs) (laughs) um what we've been talking about prior to going live now and recording, I, I think it's so incredibly important to share with everyone. What we've been talking about to, to, to bring everybody up to speed is that, you know, t- today, especially, especially today, right? We're dealing with the post-corona time and probably in the history, when people listen to this podcast, everything's post-corona, right? By definition, corona, you know, it's, it was before, so everything's post-corona. But now there's a stress level at work at an all-time high, And there's bosses, there's leaders out there who are just using this moment of taking their own personal anxiety and then the stress from work, having delivered in Q1, having delivered numbers in Q2. And then when they look down upon their employees, they don't behave exactly in the way they should behave. And Flick, by ladies and gentlemen, Flick is also IBM's expert in mental health. She's a mental health first aider in ibm she has the first line view she's the person that people call when you are an employee and you need someone to talk to you can't take it anymore you're just struggling flick is the person who comes and saves you do you understand why i'm so excited to have you flick on this show
1: (laughs) i am indeed it's essential topic for so many people out there at the moment thomas
0: It, it really really is flick um when people when people call you, what what's what state of mind? I mean, well, do, 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 how many people call you? Do, does what what's the percentage? Is it tough for people to call you? Can you share some some stories, some perspective, please?
1: Yes, of course, and um, it's really interesting, Thomas, because there's there's three different ways people reach out to me. One, when I'm on a call, I'll say, "How are you?" And twice last week, I heard meh, so so meh and up and down and it was would have been so easy for me to just continue on to another topic and I had to stop and say what do you mean up and down talk to me about up and down and it's only when you actually lean in that little bit further to say no I I want to listen I want to hear why you're up and down that actually then causes the half hour of, of of an outpour and usually tears Uh, The other thing that happens, the the second way people reach out is I I get a couple of people last week pinging me saying, you know, that work from home pledge you posted out on LinkedIn, which IBM's work from home pledge. Could I have a chat with you about it? And that was their way of saying, I don't think that I am capable of, of, of adapting that work life pledge or work from home pledge because i'm being put under pressure or i've got invisible pressure that i'm putting on myself and again we have the phone up what's the matter and and i find that men are hard find it harder to say i'm not coping so where women are leaning in more and saying i'm I'm finding it a little bit hard i'm finding it hard to juggle men just find that they are under extreme pressure the third way is um uh, either the managers reach out to me and say I'm very concerned about that person or they do say you know come out straight out with it and say I am really really struggling they come to me because I think there is this invisible pressure and nearly every single one that's come to me over the last few weeks has said please don't tell my boss please don't tell my boss because I don't want them to think that I'm weak or it won't or, or that yeah. that massive pressure that it's going to impact my career yeah. In terms of numbers, Thomas, it's significantly risen over the last few weeks. Nice. Now, I start all my meetings with how are you. So I do make sure that everybody's all right. And if I feel that there's something that isn't quite right, I will pull them back and have a one to one conversation with them.
0: Yeah. Let's spend, let's, let's, I got to interrupt you there because I think it's so important just really to let's spend time on the how are you. Just that statement. Let's teach people or remind people. Let's do that. I don't mean to disrespect anybody. But let's remind everybody how to say "How are you?" So much in society and in life, we're so you know we meet somebody, go, "Hey, how are you doing? How's it going?" Or if you're from New York, "What's up?" Right? Yeah. But when we're talking about now, when you really mean "How are you," it comes out. How are you? You look at them in the eye. They feel what you're saying they 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 understand that this is the moment and 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 how often do people even anybody out there say that type of how are you even to family members right
1: yeah. Although, Thomas, with this, uh, what we're saying is the next normal. I don't think we're getting to quite a new normal yet. I think there's going to be a few next normals. There is collateral damage of this pandemic, significant collateral damage, but I think there is a significantly larger amount of collateral beauty. And working at home and speaking to people over the webinars, we are becoming human. I have met people's pets. I've met people's (laughs) children. I and even outside of work, my neighbour has a five and a half year old daughter who, of course, couldn't go to school. So every Sunday, I pull up my chair, and we are we're about uh, eight tenths through, or well, nine tenths through the uh, the Charlotte's Charlotte's Web book, and we sit down <laughs> every Sunday, me in my little chair, and her sitting with my dog on a blanket, and we read the book. So. It is all about bringing that love and bringing that human factor. I want to join and... that call. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. <clears throat> we're just at the last bit of the book, so next Sunday is going to be the last, and she's already choosing the next book she wants me to read. Beautiful. but going back going back to work, <clears throat> excuse me, going back to work, I think Thomas, everybody is wanting to be more human. Everybody is bringing themselves out because we're in each other's homes. And when we are are on video call, we're meeting each other in our homes and we have to respect that. And I genuinely believe that I can bring my whole self to work because I put some mental controls in place, but the support and the kindness of my colleagues. And I think there needs to be a lot more kindness in the corporate world and duty of care of looking after our work family. We're not cold corporate people. We are a work family. We are human. And the more we recognize that we are a genuine work family and a support structure for each other, the better the world will be. And the benefit to corporations will be I can bring my whole colorful, vibrant, wild duck person to work, which means I can bring far more innovation and inspiration into my job, into IBM, which helps everybody.
0: I love what you're saying, and I just want to go right back. I want to make people feel that they're not alone because I think that's really important. You said that in the last few weeks, the number of calls that have come into your to the mental health first aid line has increased. Can you give around about numbers because I think it's really important right i, I There's a statistic on the internet where if you get an email complaint from someone, there's usually about a hundred people who didn't write in, or if you get a compliment mm-hmm. from someone it's a hundred people who were just as happy, but who didn't take out the time. Um, what it is, I see it, is that similar to the number of people who actually could pick up that phone call when they're down and out depressed and just been torn apart. And it's really hard to pick up that call that pick up that mm-hmm. phone. So there must be hundreds of people who, who can't even
1: do that. Um, yeah, and, and you're right, Thomas, you've hit, hit the nail on the head. So people that become mental health first aiders, such as myself, you will find. And when I did the course, the reason we are focused on mental health so much is because we've been through, you know, pretty significant situations in our life. And we recognize the importance of making sure that we we understand there's always blue sky above those clouds. There's always allowing you to have a perspective and step back. That doesn't mean that you have to have a significant event in your life to have mental health problems. But, Thomas, it took me a long time to realise that I could pick up that phone. And I've got colleagues that have been in situations where they've put themselves under so much significant pressure or been put in so much significant pressure that they carry on and they carry on to the point of panic attacks. And the concern I have is that when they actually do fall ill, they don't just fall in and need a week off we've got i've got a colleague who who pushed herself to the point where she had to step out of work and it took her 18 months to be able to get up and get dressed in the morning so we are seeing people fall off a a, a cliff i've got another colleague who was off sick with mental health after significant pressure at work on a project where he was doing the work of more than more than five people trying to keep things balanced because there'd been a resource action and he said when he finally went off sick he phoned up the employee assistance program every day for three weeks and I said that is fantastic he said no I phoned them up and when they asked me for my name I burst into tears and I hung the phone back up again Mm. so he was off for six months and finally came back but it, it 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 didn't break him but he has turned into a a different person yeah. in understanding where their, where their tolerances, let's say their tolerances may come down. So when what I'm concerned about with Thomas and the reason I'm so passionate about talking this through with you today is the amount of people that think that it's not OK to say I'm not OK because I'm the first to put my hand up and say I am not coping. Today is not a good day for me. Yeah. But how many hundreds of people don't feel they can do that or genuinely believe that if they say that, that they are going to have career limitations or be seen as weak.
0: No, exactly. You're not weak. You're human. You're human. You're struggling. We all struggle. There's no one that has a perfect life. You know, get off of Instagram. Get off of Facebook. Do you know how many pictures people take to get that perfect picture to make everybody else envious of them? Right? (laughs) Right. There, there was this. Uh, a matter of fact, most people are on Netflix. There was a, there's a Netflix documentary, and it's called Flickagram, Instagram, something like that. It's on social media. Check it out. Look it up on Netflix, and it's about all these influencers. The, this, the, one of the best scenes of the whole thing, is this girl who spends all this time, and it doesn't matter if it's a girl, could be a girl, or a boy. I'm not picking on sexes. <clears throat> spends all this time putting on makeup. She gets the perfect position. Da 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 da. preps herself up. Takes the picture. But a big smile right and the second after she takes the picture she has this depressed look as she's looking at the photo like oh okay uh, maybe, maybe i'll take another one <coughs> and then she both smiles and poses and fixes the hairs and uh, that, that's like takes the picture and then uh my point <laughs> is we're all human we're all flawed we're all self-doubt we're all driven by insecurity. We're all emotional. We're all a mess. No one got <laughs> it perfect. And you're, no and you're okay. That's the message to everybody. You're okay. You are absolutely okay. You found out that your husband has done this. You're not the only one. You found out your boss did this. Your kid did that. The police called. You're normal.
1: <laughs> all right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And what's really interesting, Thomas, with with all these stresses that happen, the one thing that I learned and I I share this quite widely is when you have an event that is significant, the physical reaction in your body is as equivalent as breaking a leg or both legs. So let's say, for example, you did find out your partner was doing something and you went through a significantly large amount of stress because of it. If I broke both your legs, Thomas, and then told you you've just got to get on with it, everybody would would find that ludicrous. So why, when you go through a significant event, and it doesn't have to be huge, it can be a large stress at work, why on earth would you think that you've just got to keep muddling through? And actually, if you do muddle through, you will make yourself sicker. So it's really important to understand that you need to look after yourself and have mental health and well-being. And that's where I I come in because it's really important for people to have a look at how they're managing their life and being responsible for their own mental health as much as we're responsible for our own physical health and when we should look after ourselves to make sure we eat well and we exercise well for physical health. But that actually relates exactly the same to mental health. And I want to find a way to drop the stigma and I want to find a way to say I'm not doing okay, but I also and this is this is the reason one of the reasons i speak to you today i also want to teach my executives and my managers that actually a lot of the mental health concerns that we have can be helped by saying how are you how are you doing how are you coping how's the family Anything we can do to help because we are all a collective of work family, and the more that we act like that, the more people will feel they can act like that. If I have another conference call where we go on and nobody actually asks how you are, and you go straight to business and there is no team, there is no camaraderie, there is no discussion, then we are, you know, we are failing ourselves, we are failing our culture, we're failing. Our people, we're failing ourselves.
0: Where I want to go now is we've been talking uh, from one perspective, which is uh, as if people have a phone number to call, people work in a company, that there are resources, right? I want to come Mm. from the other perspective. There is no phone number to call. The company does not, has, does not care about me or us enough to set up such a service. And I am screwed because uh, I have a boss who just yells at me, right? I have a boss that at come the end of the, every quarter or they come every month or every week, depends on whatever the, the hell is, you get yelled at, right? I'm getting yelled at all the time. But I have a family at home, or I have a mortgage, or I, ha- I just want to have a life. So I have to take this abuse, right? I think most people out there are probably in that situation. Most people feel they're in a helpless situation, and they're taking this abuse. So where what, what I want you to talk from is from two sides. The one side I want you to talk from is uh, I want you to talk to the leaders, these bosses who are yelling, who maybe they're not yelling, because you know even worse, in my experience is when a person doesn't yell that's when it's really bad. When they're, <laughs> when they're able to tear you apart with quiet words, that really scars. So I want you to talk to that group of people who are who are influencing and, and, and destroying people's minds and lives. And then second, I would like you to talk to those people who've experienced that. Can, can you do that and choose whichever one yeah. I'm putting you on the spot, but you know, I truly believe most people don't have a phone number to go to. They don't they don't feel they have a friend they really could trust in, or maybe they have a friend but they feel that they've unloaded on their friend so much over the years that they're embarrassed to go down with this one. I think that's just more real life. So let's can you, can you take them from there, Flick?
1: Mm, yeah, absolutely. So let's look at the let's look at the people that are doing the impact. And I I, I was very lucky to have uh, a coffee with a colleague who is um, come out of university and is now um, one of my colleagues, E.A. And we had a cup of coffee and a virtual cup of coffee. And we were talking about uh, the pressure that she puts herself under because she's working with execs. And, of course, because I've worked up through the ranks and, and I don't see myself as someone who is hierarchical. I am here to make sure everyone else's days are fun and magic. That was what my boss said to me when I walked into IBM. Have fun, be magical. Now, that is something that I've always kept with myself going forward. That's
0: unique. That's really unique. I don't think many people have ever heard those words from a
1: boss. And I think we should, because if you are innovative and really vibrant, you can bring brilliant ideas to work and have fun during the day. And I'm passionate. Now, Now, let me tell you a little bit about... I do technical resilience. And my job is to make sure that companies know how to come back up technically after they've gone down or stop them going down, especially in a virus attack, so they can continue to function. And I always say that resilience is everybody's responsibility in the corporation. Everybody needs to know how would they continue to do their job and their role should technology go down so that the world can continue to pump. Now, exactly the same with mental resilience. It is everybody's job. It is not an HR thing. It is not a let's train a few people and give them a non-day job of being a mental health first aider. It is important that everybody understands their role in looking after everybody else's resilience. So going back to the, the coffee chat I had with this EA, she said the stress she used to put herself under in even writing notes to people like me she would have to double, triple, quadruple check. And because I was a direct, I am a director and um, and also how they speak to me because they are worried because I have a director level. So I think, Thomas, yes, we have some bad behaviour from, there's always bad behaviour in every company, in every walk of life where people are not realising the impact that they have with their actions. But I also think that, we as directors and executives have a duty of care to think about how we talk to people and put people uh, under scrutiny if we need to actually review their work. Now, I'll give you a couple of examples, Thomas. I I reached out to a few people because of Black Lives Matter. Now, I, I am a mentor to three black colleagues as well as a mentor to other people, but three black colleagues. And I reached out to them, uh, before, um, the big flurry of Black Lives Matter and said, how are you doing? How are you coping? And they said, do you know, Flick, you're the only person that's actually phoned me up to say, how are you doing? You all right? Now, unfortunately, of course, we then had the next week of this big flurry of Black Lives Matter. And I've spoken to them since. And they said, my God, thousands of people have reached out to me now to see, they, they actually said to do the black thing, which was really interesting. So, um, What's most interesting really, from a mental, really it is very interesting, and in actually, actually, they were saying, "Please, I just can't talk to anyone else." But going back to a mental health perspective, um, with that Black Lives Matter, it was a really interesting perspective of what they were saying about the 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 fact no one was leaning in to see if they're okay. No one had at that point in time. So, with our BAME culture, lots of people hadn't felt that they had the ability to lean in. And the same thing with mental health. And I have stopped calls when I finished my bit and said, Right, we've got five minutes. How are you all doing? This is me. This is mental health. And I also share some information about my life because my life isn't perfect and I've been through some stuff so that. I can show them that I am vulnerable, and I am human, and I am real, and some days things don't work very well for me. But I do my very best, as best as I can for that overall day. And that allows them to feel that they can do their best without feeling that they are failing. But we, we do have that going to those individuals, they are Maybe putting themselves under a little bit of invisible pressure, which we all do because we're IBMers and they do not understand what their bosses or maybe there's a misinterpretation of what their bosses are saying. But going from an exec point of view, there is without a doubt some that are not saying how are you and not believing that they have a role in asking how people are and really listening. But they also don't understand the impact that they have. So, at a certain level of your career, Thomas, we become politicians with a duty of care as to every word we say and every action that we take. We're setting a standard and we're setting an approach. Yeah, and there but, is. Yeah, but, go but ahead. Just,
0: that's true. That's true. Of everyone, of everyone, all the time. All the echoes back again. Um, leaders their words affect everyone i i want to personally challenge i think what you're saying is great but i want to be a direct challenge to all those leaders out there every leader all these directors executives every time let's 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 turn the clock back to your first day of work all you executives listening to this right you've been working for 40 50 years but do you remember your first day of work you remember that first moment of coming into the office Do you remember the first handshake would mm-hmm. have been like if that would, in that moment, somebody would have yelled at you, would have cursed you out. It would have been detrimental.
1: It would have been, yes.
0: Yeah. So this is what the leaders, some leaders who are listening to this podcast, maybe your acquaintances and your colleagues, share this podcast with them because that's what you're doing. That's what you're setting in motion, and I think people need to reflect in that way. In that you've now reached the. 40 years into your career, you've done it. You're an executive, you know, dun, dun, nah, you know the whole rocky thing. You did it. But your words as you say can tear apart somebody's the rest of their life in the next 40 years. You could send them to the left instead of going to the right. And as you said wonderfully before, a happy person is a much more innovative
1: person. It is. And, and we I mean Thomas, there is a there is a thing called positive stress. And positive stress has been proven as been good for us. Otherwise we would never get out of bed in the morning. And there is positive stress and there are pressured situations in IBM. Now let me make this perfectly clear. I've come from a technical background and I have been a mega deal maker so I have signed hundreds of millions in fact one that was nearly two billion dollars of business so you can imagine the 4 a.m 5 a.m signings of contracts because there's a press announcement the next day there has been all nighters I remember one I did a four day all nighter and actually fell asleep on the the desk in the end because I, could, I was starting to hallucinate so the pressure there is good pressure and there are pressure that bosses have to put on. So I'm not a snowflake. I'm not saying let's do love, you know, peace and love. I'm saying, yes, a significant amount of corporate pressure is fine, because it's in a positive way. And we all hands to the pump. We are we are passionate techies that want to get the quality and the work done and we do it well. So as we talk about this, it's essential that people understand significant amount of positive pressure is a good thing and we love it and we're good with it and we can cope with it. But when there is negative pressure, so comments such as I've heard from mentor, from people, um, I don't think you're committed. I don't think you're committed to this deal. I've had phone calls from, heard people receive phone calls late at night from their bosses saying exactly that. And this is the kind of thing that we need to help our execs understand that this is not helping people bring their whole selves to work. And as corporate executives, we want everybody to bring their whole selves to work. Now, I'm talking about a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage. And I understand that these people are under pressure themselves. Mm. And it's rather like when you're driving down the road and you're really angry with the driver in front of you because they've made a slight mistake. And actually, that's a really good sign for you to think, whoa, okay, what's up in my head? What's up in my head that's making me irritated with that driver? Because usually it's nothing to do with that driver. It is something inside your own head Mm. that is causing you distress. Mm. And this is why... We put on bad, you know, have bad reactions to things that then sort of ripple off to the next person. So it goes back to we have a duty of care. Everybody in our corporations have a duty of care. And in truth, you know, there's some things I want to do before I retire I haven't quite had 40 years in the career industry yet. I am actually only 49, so... No offense. (laughs) um, (laughs) Maybe 30 years. And by the time I retire, you know, there's a few things I want to do. One, I want to put some standards around resilience technically, so we make sure that's all there. The other thing is I want to get back to being a work family because that first day I walked in and a wonderful boss called Pete Kearney welcomed me and told me to have fun, be magic. You know, when I walked into there... It was really interesting my first day in 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 seeing all this wonderful stuff that I could be and all this amazing stuff I could be and, and and watching you know I want that that experience because when I went down to the canteen that day and in that canteen there was an executive table and an executive dining room in a different place. And after they'd finished lunch, they all walked around the tables and talked to people. But when I was sitting at that table, I was in a complete Medley of youngsters and old people, and and people close to retirement, people in the middle of their careers, and the conversation was, "How's your son Bob doing at university? How you how's, how's how's your wife's broken leg? How are you doing with?" And actually, you realise that there is a thing called a work family, which I believe has maybe evaporated due to maybe us all being virtual, and maybe more of a corporate style I don't know but this is something we have got to get back because the more human we are the more we can bring ourselves to work the more we can be all that we can be we can then reflect that into work and that makes IBM magical that makes me magical and that means I can do my job and it means I can make people more resilient I can make technology more resilient and I can make sure businesses are more resilient as well. So it all, it all works. It's a win-win situation, Thomas.
0: I love that. I, I love, love that. Work I love that The back The picture of the work family work. is powerful because how many of us know that yelling at home doesn't work, right? In mm-hmm. the moment, it may feel good, but it doesn't change anybody at home. Your kids are definitely not going to clean up their room <laughs> or put away the dishes or make their bed after you yell at them. OK, so why the hell do you think that methodology is going to work at work? Right.
1: Yeah. The and
0: that statement you said, the, the work family is powerful. Right. You want someone at home in your home to do something. What do you do? Right. When you when you mess up, when I mess up with my wife, I got to buy roses. I'm sorry. What is it? You, you catch more bees with honey. Right. And, and some bosses say, you know, that's so I don't do that soft stuff, right? But when you're home, you better do that soft stuff or you're sleeping on the sofa. <laughs> so my point, my point is that the work family, the people at your work are your family. There's a statistic that you spend, some people spend over 50% of their life, their waking life at work. So that's probably more family than your personal family that you have, your nuclear family back at home. And all the leaders out there, I want you to think about that. I want you to dwell on that. It is worth it that you spread that love to your employees. And I'm challenging the men out there who are going, I don't talk about that. You know, calm down. You know, love is love. There are different ways to say it, different ways to show it. But all you have to do for your colleagues, for the people who you who work for you, is maybe not yell at them. And that's a form of love. You don't have to, you know, say, I'm, well, men don't use those words. Fine, then don't use those words, but show it. Because they are your family. They are your work family. Um, Flick, we have a few seconds left. And uh, I want you to have the last word. And I think we could keep going on this one for a long time and maybe we will have another episode like to hear from everybody out there who's listening to this podcast in this episode, if you want more, you know, I will mess up Flick's work life (laughs) and get her back on the podcast. Flick, do you have any departing thoughts or words for everybody?
1: I do, Thomas. So first of all, what I do for my mental health uh, balance is I make sure I sleep well, I eat well, I have a routine, I do my exercise and I make sure that I have my hobbies Each day. So I would ask everyone to make sure that you every single day have a good life work balance. Don't do the five days and think you can fit things in the weekend. Check Check what your structure is each day. And if you can go to bed and say, I was there or thereabouts, or... If you need to trash the day because it's all going a bit wrong, then feel that you've got the right to do that. But you are in charge of your mental health and well-being, and it's your responsibility as much as if you cut your hand to put a plaster on it, that when you cut yourself mentally that you can give yourself that amount of self-care and be able to put your hand up and say, I need some help, I need some support, because we're all out there and we're all full of love.
0: Beautiful, Flake. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, that that was Flick March. Um, my new bet was a bestie, best friend, B, BFF, <laughs> or something. <laughs> How old am I? Damn! <laughs> <laughs> you know, Flick, this has been wonderful. And to all you out there, and, and in all seriousness, um, who have are down who are taking the abuse i want to reiterate and repeat and repeat and repeat two important things number one you're not alone and number two flick and i love you we appreciate you spending the time listening to the ibm keep it simple technology podcast uh, available on spotify available on itunes everywhere please share this with your friends colleagues family who need to hear these words you know Uh, We do this for all of you. Flick, from the bottom of my heart and from the center of my DNA, thank you so much.
1: My pleasure. Look after yourself.
0: Thank you. You too and to all of you the same. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.